Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 86 of the PDH Pod, the one and only Magic the Gathering podcast dedicated to the total exploration of the Pauper Commander format. This week, uh, we're going to be going back to when Dave and I first started playing the game. But first, I'm your host, Brad Drack V, and let's see what my co-hosts from the East Coast are up to. First up, the aforementioned Dave the Alcadron Vader. How are you feeling, buddy? Terrible. <laughs> I'm sick again. This is the third time I've been like legitimately ill in three months. Yeah, the I other... think you said it perfectly in the Discord. You're like, this is BS. <laughs> it's BS. This is nonsense. <laughs> I yep. deserve to have a full i just want one full week of feeling healthy <laughs> mm -hmm. like so far i've had i've had like a couple weekends of feeling and the sickness just like lasts for like two and a half weeks each time oh did it uh did it ruin your your past weekend no your, so that, your, that was the weekend plans? that was good like two three weeks ago i got sick and i was really sick for like two days and then i became like 97 percent healthy for like two weeks <laughs> so like for two straight weeks i was like i feel fine i'm going to work i'm doing the things but i have a constant cough and it's just really sure. irritating but like i'm still like it's not it, it doesn't make me tired or sleepy or feel bad it's just coughing nonstop, and mm -hmm. that lasted for like two weeks that last little remnant of the sickness and then it finally cleared up and i was able to go to my my thing and i did the other world thing at guild weekend it was great Someone there got me sick again. Oh no! So I took today you were off. On the mend. <laughs> yeah, I took today off work. I uh, wrapped myself in a blanket and had really weird fever dreams all afternoon. Oh, those are the wildest. Yeah, I was. I was. I I I cooked my brain. Like <laughs> I didn't. Like my, my my brain was just like, man, you're really cold. You should get more blankets. Like, get all the blankets. And I was get like, all the blankets. You know what, brain? Yep. You like, yeah, I tr I trust you. You you probably know what's going on. <laughs> like, yeah, you're you're my brain. Why wouldn't I? Right. Like, I did. I never actually took my temperature, but like, I feel like it was probably like a hundred and fifty. I think. Yeah. I think yeah. I just. Uh, yeah. I cooked. I cooked everything inside of me, <laughs> and my brain melted, and I definitely gave myself brain damage. But then the fever broke, and I'm better now. But I still have a cough. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it must have been serious when you almost called in sick for the show tonight. Yeah. Like that has never happened. All right. All right, all right. Well, save that voice for a little bit later while we check in on our resident PDH PhD, Liam. How are you feeling? I am feeling kind of mid. Just, yeah, kind of mid. Kind of mid. Uh, was feeling like super duper tired yesterday, so went to bed early. Uh, naturally, that means I woke up three hours early this morning. The equal, equal amount of time no, early. Not yeah. equal. Not equal. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Went to bed like two hours early, woke up three and a half hours early. It's fine. Oh, yeah. no. Uh -uh. Yeah. No, it's it's fine. So we're going to hope that we make it to the end of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so if you hear subtle we, snoring, we know that it's time to shut it down. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. No, this is a cup All of coffee right. number four slash five. I got like the oversized cup Ooh. out, so it has cups four and five in it. 
Right. Right. <laughs> it's like when you drink a 64-ounce beer and you're like, I've only had one all night. I've right. I've only had the one right. beer. Right. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely two. <laughs> yeah, definitely two. Uh Cool. Uh, before we move on to the main topic, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. As usual, if you like the show, you like what we're doing here, consider supporting us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash thepdhpod. By being a patron, you get access to the pre-show, which is uh, usually about an episode worth of just sort of hanging out, chit-chatting, working on decks, working on show notes, that sort of thing. Just the three of us or maybe a, a, a guest that we have in the studio with us, and I post those right on Patreon just for you to listen to. Uh, you also get early access to the episode before they go live, usually the night before, and I'll post that along with the show notes as long as the... As long as Patreon is cooperating with the Google links, you'll be able to read those and sort of see what we're talking about. And those usually have like links to the decks we're talking about, new cards, whatever the topic is. And then finally, as a patron, you get access to the PDH Pod Discord server where you can chat with us. You can chat with the other uh, PDH Pod family members, get help with your decks all hours of the day, all hours of the night, talk about spoilers and cute dog pics and uh, what color dog Brownie should get. I think I think you went with the red one and that was the good choice. And then you can also suggest uh, episode topics when we throw that question out there to you, too. Uh, also, if you want to leave us a little voice message or a listener question, anything of that nature, you can find us over on speakpipe.com slash the PDH pod. Uh, you can leave up to like a 90 second message there. Just hit the record button. You don't need an account or anything like that. And uh, we'll probably play it on the episode, answer your questions, listen to your complaints and comments and all that sort of stuff. Compliments. And then lastly, check out our YouTube channel and our Twitch channel. We're just the PDH pod on both of those platforms as well. And the latter is where I stream. It used to be solely PDH, but then this past Saturday I actually played a couple games of 60-card popper with Abby before the uh, the normal P uh, popper commander stream. So that was pretty dope. I haven't done that in a long time. I got clocked in two games, so that was fun. Good times. I want to do that again. Uh, okay, I guess that keeps that house. So uh, Liam, what do you got for this week in Magic? Uh, this week in Magic is actually pretty easy. Uh, there is a secretless super drop that is currently live, has been for the last uh, 36-ish hours. It's complete trash, except for uh, your boy, Yorgo. <laughs> There's a couple of first-time foils in there that are like rares and mythics that, you know, are, are neat. I kind of get irritated that they keep doing first-time foils as secret layers. Not gonna lie. Yeah. I, yeah. Especially when they have such, such odd artworks that aren't very reminiscent of magic but it is what it is it's the current era we live in mm -hmm. and so yeah other than the first time foils and and yoggle um complete trash don't recommend uh moving on <laughs> why uh, sorry i gotta keep that gotta keep pg uh why tf is hasbro trying to sell <laughs> D, D? I know it's not really magic but there's like this thing that's been going on for a week and week and a half two weeks now where uh it's it's only rumor it's not like anything confirmed and there are articles like from reputable sources like like forbes and whatnot that says like hasbro's come out and said they're not selling D, &D. uh but like there's this this uh chinese company that's known for buying ips it's called tencent that is mm -hmm. fairly persistent on making offers so it's like <laughs> is it actually happening is it not you know it's it's a, a chinese company it's it's not the most reputable like it, it has some some tarnishes on its reputation but like well, this is also hasbro we're talking about so like i don't know what's going on you know the the timing of the rumors in tandem with the amount of layoffs that just happened has is very questionable yeah that's not a not a good so look so it's just like even if it's not true, it's just not a good look. Um, yeah, not not at all. 
what is Hasbro doing? Why? Somebody buy Wizards, please. Seriously. Let Hasbro go <laughs> yes, under. Set, set them free. Let Hasbro set go free. under. Somebody buy the Wizards. Keep D&D and Magic together. <laughs> like, what the f***? <laughs> you can beep that out. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe Watsy needs a Patreon and people can support him and then they can branch out on their is, own. Is that not what Secret Lair is? Oh, maybe that's where all the proceeds are going. I don't know. I don't know. I, <laughs> yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's this week in magic. <laughs> yeah, that's something. All right. Well, cool. Thanks for that. Let's move into the main topic here. Uh, well, this week we are continuing our total deck building exploration series with another fan favorite three by three. But this time around, however, we went to the patrons and we were all like, uh, hey, yo, patrons. What do you want to see in an upcoming 3 by 3 episode? And we set it to a vote right there in our Discord server. And what came back was Alpha, Beta, and or Unlimited. Uh, so for this 3 by 3 we are going all the way back to the golden days of Magic's infancy to build decks around a creature that was printed at Uncommon in any of those three sets. And of course, it cannot be a 3 by 3 episode without a few pillars. Dave, do you have the voice for some pillars? Let's talk about some pillars. Right. Uh, there's not a lot of mechanical. There's there, there's nothing there's nothing mechanically uniting this collection of commanders we have. They they all just kind of come from a point in history. They don't do a sp- certain things. So we're gonna keep the pillars really generic, really kind of open ended at this. Mm-hmm. Um, our the standard issue generic pillars are pillar one. What is the thing that you are doing? What is your commander asking you to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, pillar two, how are you going to leverage doing that thing into game-winning strategies? What's the payoff for doing this thing? And then pillars three and four, as always, how to not die and how to not run out of gas. Patent pending. Patent pending on both of those. Copyright right. coming soon. Coming soon. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, those are uh, pretty straightforward pillars. Like you said, there's not a lot of... like specific i don't know build around mechanics if you will you know there wasn't signpost uncommons and that sort of thing so we probably won't do as much of a deep dive into this three by three as we would say the next set coming out just because you know i I would assume that the majority of listeners and or magic players are somewhat familiar with these cards and if not there's like one line of text on each one of them except for maybe dave's but they're all really straightforward and they sort of like tell you what you want to be doing so this was before commander was ever even thought of you know like this was when like kitchen table magic was the dominant way to play magic pretty much at least it was in my neck of the woods i don't know about you dave but there was just not a lot of like constructed events there was a few Mm -hmm. maybe internet message boards popping up here and there there was the magazine you could get um but really that was about it there wasn't this whole like you know, movement to like optimize and build your decks and do all this sort of stuff. So, right. What's really weird about this time is you think like the, the internet back then was really in its infancy and Mm -hmm. we didn't like the, I mean, a a huge part of like, now we talk about optimizing decks. You're looking at, you know, going online to databases and finding what cards you should be playing and being on message boards and, and getting, getting help back from other people. And like, none of that existed in 1993. So no, like, if you wanted to send somebody a picture of a magic card online, it took about 17 minutes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like yeah, definitely nothing was optimized. Like this, this was a time when you, like, if there was a card that you really wanted and you, you like, were trying to get a play set of it for your deck, like, 
you couldn't just order them online. You had to like uh-uh. you you were going to the shop every every Wednesday and Friday night and just asking everyone there like, hey, do you do you have uh, Shiv and Dragon for trade? Right. Yep. Yeah. Trade binders were like everywhere. I mean, I know still you know people still carry them. They still trade and whatnot. But that was like the main currency during yep. this time was just trades and everyone yep. everyone had the latest copy of inquest in the front cover of their their <laughs> trade binder so that when you did these trades you could make sure that the value is approximately equal yep well except for me when i traded my uh when i traded uh my i think it was a badlands for no not badlands scrubland i think it was a scrubland or a taiga i don't remember now but i traded a Oof. third edition duel for a northern paladin oh Beautiful. no it was amazing. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't around for this, but I used to play Magic with the guy who traded a Mox Emerald for a Crawworm. No way. Yeah, he was looking at Mox Emerald. <laughs> he was like, "This is a this is just a forest. That's dumb. Look at the this numbers on the Crawworm." This <laughs> Mox is, Diamond can't kill you. Crawworm is the biggest numbers. <laughs> yep. Yeah, my. Uh... I guess if you want to call it, my local meta was pretty much Breeding Pit and Lord of the Pit, so I had to have something that destroyed black creatures. I mean, what are you going to do? Yep, yep, yep. So that dual land wasn't doing me any good. A, a million years ago, I built a, a Lord of the Pit deck with like all of all of the demons that were templated like that, mm-hmm. and I was at first I just sort of like catastrophically misunderstood how <laughs> how the templating works. I thought I thought you could choose not to sacrifice a creature. And then and just nothing would happen. And blank. Well, no, I mean, the the way that the second half of the templating was, if you don't, Lord of the Pit deals seven damage to you. If it does, tap it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, so I can just choose not to sacrifice the creature. I'll blank the damage with Circle Protection Black, and then it won't be tapped. Beautiful. And I thought I'd I thought I'd cracked the code, but like, <laughs> I was I was super wrong. Lord of the Pit doesn't give you that choice. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. You yeah, you have a creature sacrifice. So like, if you know, I was sitting there with like two Lord of the Pits in play, being like, "Well, I I choose not to sacrifice creatures for either of them. I'll blank their both of their damage with this Circle Protection Black, and like they're here." No, if you have two Lord of the Pits in play, they eat each other. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't get to you don't get to decide to not let them do that. No, demons don't give you an option. Yeah. No, they just make things happen. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Oh, cool. Nice little trip down memory lane. See, I, oh, uh, Liam. I want to oh, add, add a little bit onto this. Um, yes. So when when we got to this, uh, this this definitely January and, and not a clerical error on Liam's part, uh, three by three. Not at all. Huh? No, not, not at all a clerical <laughs> error. This is definitely January. Uh, three by three episode. And it was Patreon's choose. And it was like, okay, you know, pillow for it. Or I can't remember what the other one was, but it was Pillow Fort something and ABU. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here like, what the hell am I going to do for ABU? Like, <laughs> I came out 10 years before I was born. <laughs> like, uh-huh. what, am, yeah. what am I doing? Uh, I decided to look on Scryfall, uh and see like which cards were in ABU that at some point were uncommon creatures that also appeared in magic 15 a core set my first set uh it gave me five options uh and i have one of them to share today so there there is like yeah. actually a connection to this card just like the 
the other two fossils over here. <laughs> I do actually have a connection to the code, so don't need to worry about that. No, that was pretty cool. It was a nice, uh, nice little addition you did there. I, I wouldn't have even thought of something like that. It was pretty nifty. Oh, well, you want to, Liam, you want to start us off with what, what deck you picked and maybe a little description, maybe your pillar one, so you can give these fossils, we can, we can give our knees a break, maybe? Sure, sure. Uh, so I am bringing to the table Sengir Vampire. Uh, this is a five mana, I believe a four, four vampire creature with flying. And whenever a creature dealt damage by the Sengir Vampire dies this turn put a plus one, plus one counter on Senya Vampire. Mm -hmm. So it is very Voltron-esque. Uh, that is not at all the style in which I took this deck. <laughs> I decided to kind of lean into the Vampire a little bit, where like it's five and a 4-4. Four, four. There aren't really a lot of 4-4s four, in the format. So you can profitably attack with this for the first turn or two mm -hmm. people might chump it which is going to make it bigger right so either they're going to take damage to the face or they're going to chump and make it, your commander bigger either way it's a win-win so the real strategy of this deck is kind of a mix of attack with the vampire but also just mono black control like it's just got all the draw spells all the kill spells all the reanimate spells that are super classic in black. And the goal is to just do mono black things. I didn't really want to take this uh, in a Voltron style because I've already built that deck. Right. I didn't necessarily want to lean into forcing blocks. But there, that being said, there, there are some combat tricks to the deck. Sure. So. The main idea is that I play Send Gear in face-up attack position, and then pass the turn. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's 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 draw go kill is kind of kind of the strategy I'm going for. Draw go kill. That sounds perfectly mono black. I love it. And Send Gear Vampire is one of my favorites back in the day too. The original Anson Maddox yeah. art, like come oh, on, yeah. it's amazing. Well, I, I I don't know about Anson Maddox. The the <laughs> the, the Kev Walker arts. Yeah, that is where pretty I'm dope at. too. That's that's yeah. where I'm at. I I like that. The 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 Ansonmatics just has a ton of nostalgia for me. Yeah, and that's pretty much it too. Like quality of art, obviously it's not comparable to a lot of the more modern art, but yeah, just the nostalgia factors off the roof. Yeah, like when I when I think about magic in this time period, I'm I'm thinking about Sarah Angel, Singer Vampire, Shiv and Dragon, Lord of the Pit. Yep, Land of War Elves and played a lot of Stream of Life. I don't also, know what I was doing, but the green one I associate with that sort of cycle is Force of Nature. Oh god. Yeah. And I guess yeah. the blue one would be Mahmoudi Jin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I played a lot of I guess in this time frame that we're building commanders from tonight, I played a lot of stasis. Oh god. Like, it wrecked me as bad as it wrecked everybody else, but I played a lot of stasis. You monster. So. I know it was not great. I just love love the I'm, art. The I'm, effect was I'm like not nothing surprised. we had seen before. Like it was just crazy. But anyway, enough about that. Dave, what did you bring to tonight's episode? I I I put sort of similar constraints on myself for choosing a commander. I wanted to build something that I, I actually own a copy of. 
Uh, yeah, I thought. And, yeah, when we picked this episode and you chose this commander, I was like, I think, I think Dave actually has this deck already. I don't have the deck. I just, I have the, I have the cart. I have the commander. Oh, okay. from from Alpha. Um, so my my options, the the two cards from Alpha that I own copies of, that are uncommon creatures, are Dwarven Demolition Team, which is a three mana <laughs> one one that taps to destroy a target wall. Uh-huh. <laughs> didn't didn't choose that one. Weird. The other, the other card I I did have, and I did choose this one, is called Nettling Imp. Nettling Imp is a three mana one one. Mm-hmm. With the text tap to force a particular one of opponent's <laughs> non-wall creatures to attack. If target creature cannot attack, it is destroyed at end of turn. This tap should be played during opponent's turn before the attack may not be used on creatures summoned this turn. Let's just take a words. appreciate uh, the templating of Alpha Beta Unlimited effects. It's so good. So good. good. Yeah, um, in modern terms, this means you can you can tap and you choose target non-wall creature that uh, an opponent has controlled continuously since the beginning of their turn, and that creature must attack, and if it can't attack, destroy it at the beginning of the next end step. Um, so this was legitimate. Like, the reason I own an alpha one of these is because it was legitimately one of my favorite cards when I was a little kid. Like, everyone... Mm-hmm. The big... I started in 95, and the big, the big combo... I'm using air quotes here. The big combo at the time was like Icy Manipulator and Royal Assassin. Oh, so good. <laughs> and that that meant that like Icy Manipulators and Royal Assassin, like when you when you took out your Inquest book and you flipped through it and like you tried trying to trade for someone's Royal Assassins, like they were really expensive. They were like four or five dollar cards, mm-hmm. um, which was really that was a that was an expensive card for 1995. And yeah. so I I was trying to find little you know 10 year old like versions of this kind of effect that were stupider but more entertaining so i landed on nettling imp and norit norit is a four mana one one from ice age that has that exact same effect and it also has the ability you can tap it to untap target blue creature yes yeah for some reason yeah I loved Nettling Imp and Norit. I loved the idea of forcing people to attack. Like even even back in the '90s when it was like a you know a one v one format. Um, I loved those ideas. I loved having you know forcing the attacks and then having like death touchers or like even, I mean, Icy Manipulator kills things just as effectively as it does with a Royal Assassin. Because mm-hmm. if you if you force a creature to attack and then you tap it so it can't attack. The nettling imp will destroy it at end of turn, right? Which I think is dope. So, uh, that's my deck. I have a nettling imp in the command zone, and I have uh, every single every single black card that is capable of tapping a creature. Nice, all nine of them. All nine. It's almost double digits. We're so close to double digits. So close. All right, I will wrap up the Pillar 1 talk with my deck here, my commander. Uh, I pretty much built around playing, well, playing Dave's commander and Liam's commander and whatever commanders I'm facing at the table or whatever cool creatures I think are at the table. I chose clone, just straight up clone, three and a blue for a star star. The uh, Talk about templating. Uh, the rules box says, upon summoning... Clone acquires all normal characteristics, including color, of any one creature in play on either side. 
Any enchantments on the original creature are not copied. Clone retains these characteristics even after original creature is destroyed. Clone cannot be played if there are no creatures in play. The oracle text is you may have clone enter the battlefield of a copy of any creature on the battlefield. That's what I'm doing. It's literally printed right there. I love it. So so I just plan on playing whatever uh, creature I think is cool. It is the coolest that's on the board currently when I have mana to cast. And that's pretty much it. Like a lot of into the battlefield stuff, uh, a little splash of, splash of ninjutsu stuff. And I don't know how... And, <laughs> I don't know why, like, when Body Double was... Was that the name of a Body Double? Was downshifted? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I tried to build that. It did not work. Ooh, boy. Like, it It not just didn't body, work. Body it Double enters as a copy of a creature that's in a graveyard? Correct. Yep. Okay, all right. And it, it, it could not work. I don't know why I just didn't build Clone to begin with, because this is kind of the effect I was looking for. I guess in my head I didn't realize that Clone had ever been printed at Uncommon, even though in ABU it was in com- Uncommon, all three of those. I guess just in my head I was more used to the, the newer, quote-unquote, newer printings where it's rare. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's pretty much all I'm doing. I'm just going to wait and find a cool creature on board, whether it's um, Thraben Inspector or whether it's a... Uh, Scarlet Thrinex, I don't know. You know, whatever it's going to be, I'm just going to copy it and I'm going to play it and probably, hopefully, attack you with it. That's my whole plan. Nothing crazy. Just uh, continuously make the clone ETB to copy stuff that I think is funny and/or cool. I love that plan. I do too. It seems pretty straightforward. Well, that was pretty uh, succinct. Pillar ones. I think we can move on to pillar two. Liam, what do you got for the vampire? Yeah, so for pillar two, it's pretty straightforward. the uh, the The main win goal, the 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 main payoff, I suppose, the the end game, is going to be commander damage. Uh mm-hmm. it's four mana command, uh, yeah, four mana, four power commander that is probably going to get one or two counters before it actually connects. So mm-hmm. two to three hits is what we're looking at. There are a couple of ways to force hits in the deck, but Generally speaking, you're just looking to just swing it, and whether or not it connects is is not the biggest of deals. Um, To help close a game, there is Infect. Uh, Things like Phyresis or Tainted Strike, uh, (laughs) as well as uh, Uh a couple of the cards from All Will Be One that, like, makes each opponent discard a card, and then they get a poison counter. Or, like, you draw two cards, and each opponent gets a poison counter. Things like that to, like, bring the Infect total from 10 to 8, and then... Just hitting with hitting with an infect strike. There is no proliferate in the version of the deck that I built for this episode. So if you're taking a look at the deck list, there's no proliferate in there, but obviously it could be modified to include that. Sure. Um, also to you know proliferate plus one plus one counters. And in the case that commander damage ain't cutting it and infect ain't cutting it, there are just some various modern black finishes in here. You got crypt rats and pestilence. You can just pump a bunch of mana into. You've got the the Gary right this is kind of just like a last resort plan d kind mm-hmm. of kind of option sure of like well you know you ain't let me hit with my commander you didn't let infect go through <laughs> pestilence ain't doing it gary it is right yeah uh, take it take so a gary <laughs> yeah take take a gary you know you'll have to walk to to kill and reanimate it a few times but you know if if the line is there the line is there but yeah no it's just classic mono black the typical game plan is really just control so there shouldn't be no there shouldn't be any reason your commando can't get through eventually yeah i like that you went 
light on the creatures like in the deck list you have posted it's 16 creatures and they're all working towards accelerate mana acceleration or they either all attack or they all have a function like like creating mana right exactly i think that's pretty and, cool especially for a mono black control list yeah. well so there's 15 creatures that do that the 16th creature is there because it's just the best creature in the game and if you take a look at the list i'm sure you can figure out which one it is <laughs> And, Certainly and not no, Crypt Rats. No, pals, it's not Howling Golem. <laughs> or Scare Tiller. Or, did, or, or the Duodrome. The whole, or the, the whole uh, Trinity's in there. Right, the, the whole Trinity's. I mean, the, the good cards, the, the moving the game forward, but they're not the best creature in the game. Sorry. Right. Cool. I, I like that approach. It's it's built... It is almost built like a Voltron list, but when you actually get down and dirty and start looking at the cards, it's very controlly. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty cool approach. All right, Dave. How how is the uh, imp paying you off under the table? All right. So what the imp is going to do is we definitely have nine cards to tap things, <laughs> and those can be eight of them can be used to kill creatures. Uh, it turns out one of them is a sorcery. So uh, I'm leaving it in the deck just because it 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 really matches the alpha beta unlimited vibe. It's called Word of Binding. It's X. Oh, yeah. I can X for a sorcery. Tap X target creatures. Terrible card. Yeah. Garbage. But it stays in the deck. Uh, we got stuff like Tumble Magnet, Sleeper Dart, Lean and Bola. So we're going to tap some creatures and uh, and then kill them. When we don't have uh, creature tappers to, to turn Nettling Imp's ability into just a murder, then we are going to use... I mean... Some, sometimes I want to use this ability to like destroy threats. I want to take the threats off the table. Lots of times I just want to force a creature to attack and then just hope it goes somewhere else. So like, sure. uh, I'm I'm running a, a a small handful of like walls, things that will make people not want to attack me with their creature that's mm-hmm. being forced to attack. Things like wall of corpses, it's two mana O2. You can sacrifice destroy target creature that it's blocking. That is one uh, of my favorite walls, like it's ever. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, I'm also running Drift of the Dead, which is a four mana wall that has power and toughness equal to the number of snowlands you control. Mm-hmm. So that's mostly the plan. I'm gonna uh, use walls to make people not want to attack me, and use tapping effects to make the Nettling Imp kill things. My favorite card in this whole situation is called Glyph of Doom. <laughs> which is a one mana instant from legend it's amazing that's what it is all creatures blocked by target wall are destroyed at end of combat yep so yeah that's the whole plan that might not always be in my hand but if you know it's in the deck and you're staring at my wall of shadows uh maybe maybe something maybe you'll think very carefully about attacking me. Yeah, maybe you'll reconsider that attack and just go somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, you don't you don't have to come for me. Just send it somewhere else. Right. It'll be fine. Cool. I like that quite a bit. Yeah, it's uh, I've, I've, it's bad. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I've looked at just you know when you're randomly perusing Scryfall for like oh I need a I need a muse for my next deck like sometimes I've landed on nettling it before and I've looked at it for a few minutes and I've read it and it, I just. I can't. I can't go any further with it. So I'm glad to see you. You actually have something put together. Yeah. Like, and it seems functional. Like it seems like it could actually do uh, a thing. 
it's got the potential to do a thing. I don't know if I right. I don't I don't have a lot of faith in its ability to do a thing, but the, <laughs> there's potential here. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Oh, a pillar two for me. Yeah, clone needs a pillar two. Basically, just expounding, expanding on what I said in pillar one. Like, my payoff is kind of almost whatever your payoff is. I mean, if your commander does that. something when it dies, then mine will too. Like, if your commander can force creatures to attack, and if they can't, they're destroyed, then mine will too, I guess. I mean, that's just how it's going to be. Um, and that's the plan. And I do understand that one thing I was concerned about is clone is four mana, and we are in a monocolored deck, The one of the worst colors to be in to ramp. So I did take that into consideration. So I definitely wanted to not have to worry about casting the clone from the command zone for four and then six and then 12 and then 18 or whatever, you know, cause it's, it's probably going to be annoying. I'm going to turn it sideways a lot. So it's probably going to die. You know, people don't want to be attacked with a copy of their own commanders or they're going to figure out a way to kill it or what have you. Uh, so I did, I added in, I wouldn't even say it's like a whole package, but I put in, um, a few ninjas, Ninja of the Deep Hours, Moon Circuit Hacker, Moonblade Shinobi, oh, and Mistbage. I guess I just went crazy with the blue ninjas. Oh, I got four or five of them in here. Bounce the clone back to my hand. You know, four mana is still not great, but it's better than the eight or ten from the command zone. And then I also have a handful of bounce spells that I would probably put in most mono blue decks as it is anyway. So a lot of those are probably going to go, uh, are probably going to target the clone itself. So, or maybe I can, you know, cast it ETB, copy your commander or your biggest creature, and then bounce your biggest creature. And then I have it. Like, yay. Like, it's, you know, I like these, I like Blood Boil Sorcerer, and I like Threatened Tribal Decks. And this is sort of kind of like that, but in a, a twisted mono blue sort of abstract way. And I think it's just sort of hilarious. But that's pretty much my payoffs. Like, I'm just trying to have fun. ETB the clone quite a bit, see what I can copy, see what kind of effects I can get off of it. You know, like if you've got, I don't know, like think of some cool creatures you've faced, you know, if you're stalled out and they cast something that you're like, wow, that would really help me out right now. Okay, just copy it. And then you got it. Like, that's all I'm trying to do. I don't know how far that would uh, push me towards the victory line. But that's the payoff is literally just seeing how many times I can copy stuff and recast the clone. I have I have a question about your clone deck. Yes. Do you run thick, meaty chonkers? I do like have some in, in the, here, yes. In the, in the event that your opponents are not giving you anything cool to copy, do you have, like, Brine Fang Mauler and... Uh, like striped river winder, just big. I have, yep. I have marauding brine fang. I have yeah, sword, one. sword coast serpent. Ooh yeah. I have Tolarian terror, which I'm always kind of iffy about. I could uh, definitely be talked out of that. I have uh, tidal terror. Yes, good. A little good, island psyching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it isn't a chonker, but it's got a thick booty. I got murmuring mystic. Like that'll help me a little bit. So. Oh. Having two Murmuring Mystics seems right? really good. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I definitely got some Chalkers, because I thought about that, too. Like, okay, what if, uh, you know, what if I'm facing three 
as as Papa Popper puts it, what if I'm facing three commander agnostic decks and they're just not really casting their commander and their decks, you know, their board's full of weenies? Like, what am I going to do? And that's, you know, that's where I put it in. The, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. What's better than two unblockable Sword Coast Serpents or one? It's two, you know? So, yes. I definitely, naturally. definitely thought about that. Naturally. Yeah, naturally. So, I am good, totally good. cool with that. Yep. I like so, this. hopefully, theoretically, theoretically, I got that end covered, but we'll see. This is. I don't know. The more I look at it, the more it actually seems kind of interesting. Cool. Seems kind of fun. So uh, we'll move on to Pillar 3 and Mono Black. Liam, how does it not die? It plays blockers and it kills other people's creatures. (laughs) Sounds very Mono Black. Yep, yep. The only creatures allowed to stick around on the board are the ones that I allow, which if, if they're not attacking me... I will allow them to stick around a little bit longer. Uh, if they come at me, I have instant speed uh, uh, death warrants. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward. Pretty pretty mono black. Yeah, that is very mono black too, and I, it's very evident. Kind of going back to that, you know, you only have sixteen creatures in here, but yeah, like the rest of your deck, it is a ton of removal spells, a ton of yep. you know edicts and that sort of thing. Yeah. I think that works out very nicely for a deck like Singer Vampire because, you know, they're going to have to be worried about that, too. It's not like, oh, he's just he just played a 4-4 and now he's got a bunch of, you know, black do-nothings on the board. Like, no, like your hand's probably loaded with removal and you have this beater that's just growing and growing and growing. Yep. So I like that approach quite a bit. All right, Dave, how does the imp not die or how do, how do you not die behind the imp? Uh, So I have a removal suite in the deck. That's sort of like separate from the the just like sleeper darts and the stabbing pains, which is just tap things. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the the removal suite. I decided that I was gonna go all in on this idea of I'm killing tapped creatures. So I added death stroke. It's a two mana sorcery. Destroy target tapped creature. I have uh, assassinate, which is. Let me just say it is. I bet every other episode we record, I learn about a new card that I never knew existed, and Deathstroke is that card tonight. Deathstroke, yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's cool. Assassinate is the same card. Uh, it costs three mana instead of two. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I sort of like... I'm, so- a... I'm sorry. When white does destroy target tapped creature, it's unplayable. But when black does it... <laughs> it's still unplayable. This deck yeah, is garbage. True. Like, the reason that... You've never heard of Deathstroke before from Stronghold is that it's a terrible, terrible card. Oh, it certainly is. Um, Deathstroke, that's like Iron Man's cousin, right? Sure. (laughs) I don't know. Uh, I decided to change things up a little bit. Assassinate has a companion piece called Asphyxiate, which Mm -hmm. destroys an untapped creature. (gasps) Spicy. Um, my, my favorite one of these is called Murderous Compulsion, which is the destroy target tapped creature, two mana sorcery. With madness, yeah. Oh my lord! So it's a sorcery, wink, wink. Yeah, it's a sorcery, sorcery unless you have a blood token, right? Yeah, no, that's uh, that's it. <laughs> well, your walls, your walls can help you not die a little bit. Yeah, I got, I got some walls. I mean, I got. There's nine cards to tap things, and and with the nettling imp, they become removal. There's an yeah, evident card justice in here. Like when you when you open up your deck link. 
it obviously it has all the tags that you put in on it. And if you disable tags, I was like, oh, damn, there's 30 creatures in here. I just wasn't expecting that many creatures, but uh, it's a nice little package you got. Yeah, I, I tried. So there's there's a couple weird little sub things. I'm going to get to more in the, the next pillar. Um, but yeah, there's a I wanted it to have a, a meaningful board presence. And like a lot of the creatures are just utility bottle bodies. Mm-hmm, sure. Things that will because so now I'll talk about it in the next pillar. I'll wait. Okay. <laughs> but I guess, cool. I guess the uh, other the other part to add is that there's a lot of I have a I have an entire package here that that I I label it I heart sniff, which is just yeah I was looking over that when you every, were talking <laughs> every monarch card house. every initiative yep. card howling golem scare tiller might stone druid drone that's the that's the I heart sniff package so lots of creatures yeah. there. Uh, they won't help me die, not die, but I mean, if I if I become the monarch or take the initiative and then give it away, then mm-hmm. then the, the rest of the players will attack other people. Yeah, and then sort of the might stone does too, like that encourages combat. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm on nettling him, so people are going to be attacking yep. anyway, <laughs> regardless. <laughs> might as might as well true, make those true, attacks true. big. Right. Exactly. All right. Uh, clones pillar three is. Kind of similar along the same lines of what we were just talking about. I'm I'm just trying to go wide and use my creatures to either a like the creature suite. I have 27 creatures in here, and they're pretty much going to do one of three things. They're either going to ninjutsu and or bounce the clone back to my hand. So they're kind of util- utilitarian in this deck. They're going to uh, draw me cards or clog up the board either with you know being a big booty or draw me cards upon attack or that sort of thing. Like, um, scroll thief, Ophidian, yada, yada, yada. And then three, like we mentioned a minute ago, I've just got the big chonky boys to try to close the game out. If clone isn't getting there, or if clone wants to become a sword coast serpent or a title terror or what have you. So th- theoretically, that's how I'm going to not die because ideally, like I mentioned, I have a stack of interaction. I have six sorceries and 25 instants. And they are... Hmm, how do I say this? I, I wanted to not die by being the last one at the table, ideally. You know? And by, that, and by that, I mean, use my creatures to clog up the board, give me card advantage, let my clone copy them for, you know, bigger, better creatures. But I'm also running a pretty decent sized package. I was surprised how many I ended up finding and using of the uh, blue combat tricks that we get, like Mordekainen's Polymorph. And, you know, that's the two mana that makes something a 4-4 Flying Dragon. And Phantasmal Form, which is a three mana uh, a combat trick that gives... Up to two target creatures, base power and toughness three three. They gain flying. They become illusions, and you draw a card. Uh, Resculpt, relics, roar. All these different kind of cards that are super cheap and super effective. Like even if you know I pay four mana for my clone, and it can only copy like a two two because it's the best thing on the board at the time. Like making it a five five seems good for one turn. You know, drawing me a card off that combat trick seems good for one turn. Uh yeah, Serpentine Ambush is the two mana one that makes it a five five. So I'm trying to not die in two ways. One, trying to protect myself with my board, because that also gives me more time to have fun playing with your toys that clone likes to do. And then I'm also the other side of that is is I'm trying to actively be aggressive. Like in my PDH journey, I've 
begrudgingly learned that sometimes just doing stuff isn't enough. Like gameactions.deck, sometimes, you know, that the fun in that, the enjoyment in that only goes so far, especially if you're stalling out the entire table by just taking game action. So uh, I put these combat tricks and the chonky creatures in the deck to push damage through, to push the game along, and to add just a clock to the board. You know, even if I'm the only one with the clock, everyone's going to feel it. Or if I start copying, you know, Dave's biggest creature, that just added an extra clock to the to the table. You know what I'm saying? Like, you no longer have the biggest commander at the board. Like, now there's two of them, and now it's everybody's problem. So that's kind of what I wanted to do with clone and also, you know, just push through damage pretty much. So I'm hoping that my creature, because my creatures aren't cheap. Like I have one one drop that's Shrieking Drake. I have a two drop that's Coastal Bulwark, uh, Moon Circuit Hackers, cheap. But other than that, man, there's three mana, six mana, seven mana, that, but they can get cheaper. And then two, you know, I don't know. I guess there is no two. I just hope my creatures can keep me alive long enough that I can push through damage with some of the combat tricks and some of my big, uh, theoretically unblockable creatures or what have you, hexproof creatures, that sort of thing. So kind of mono blue aggro in a weird way. I love it. Tempo aggro, something like that. Aggro tempo. Aggro tempo. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Uh, Let's move on to pillar four. Probably my favorite pillar. I think it's everybody's favorite pillar. <laughs> Liam, how are you gonna not gonna run out of gas in this mono black vampire deck? Uh, I'm gonna draw cards. Uh, lots of two and three mana draw cards. The recyclable rocks like Mindstone and Command Sphere. Uh, just general recycling and, and modal card value. Uh, so cards that have one or two modes that let you pick uh, which one you need or, or, or maybe both. Just generally good value plays. Cards that might have a little bit of extra value depending on something. So, like the card draw spells that make a blood token or a food token, uh, just to give you something extra to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, just looking for that incidental value where you can, uh, just to to eke out every little ounce you can, to to keep the value flowing. That was perfectly mono black. <laughs> like mono black doesn't do anything big and splashy and that also relates to their to mono black's card draw. It's never big and splashy, but it's incremental and it's it can be fairly consistent if you do it right. Yeah. So, I like that quite a bit. Cool. Uh Dave, I think you promised us some good pillar 4 info for the imp. What do you got? Madness. <laughs> it's always madness. Uh yeah, so uh, I want I want to not run out of gas in a couple different ways, and I'm in mono black, so primarily the number one way is just madness. Um, it turns out there's actually a lot of really cool madness synergies you can do here. Uh, Brad mentioned that I have a lot of creatures in this deck, and it's true. I decided that I wanted to add a, a handful of like imps. Because mm-hmm. uh, to like go to imp. imp, yeah, yep. So I, I have Nettling Imp and Norit, and then I added a couple more. Uh, Stinkweed Imp is a great card uh, to to help not run out of gas by replacing your draws with Mill Five. Yes, and yes, then you is. get to recast your One Two Flying Death Toucher to discourage blocks. And then there's a lot of recursion in the deck, a lot of Call to the Netherworld. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Call to the Netherworld and Grave Scrabbler are the two that have madness. Yes. Um. So those are really good. Blood Fountain, 
will do the recursion and give you a blood token so you can do the madness. Macabre Waltz is a two mana sorcery that gets you two creatures back and then you discard a card so that lets you do the madness thing. Other... Yeah, that, that one, a lot of people, maybe because there's just not a ton of madness rolling around at the tables nowadays, but I feel like Macabre Waltz is very slept on in that sort of strategy. Yeah, Macabre Waltz. Because it's one of those that you just read and you're like, return tar- to target cre- Oh, okay, it's a recursion spell. Like, like you never right. make it to the last few words. <laughs> right, but then like... If you return Grave Scrabbler to your hand with Macabre Waltz, then you get to discard Grave Scrabbler. Or like, <laughs> you know, K- Kitchen Imp is an imp, has madness, outstanding. There's an there's an imp. It's a three mana. It's called Deep Cavern Imp. It's a three mana two two with flying haste and echo. Discard a card. Nice. It's also a rebel. Yeah. Which means you can rebel tutor is. it into play with Blight Speaker. <laughs> and I'm definitely already on Blightspeaker because one of my tap things cards, Rathy Trapper, is a rebel. So I'm oh, going to use Blightspeaker synergy. Yeah. to rebel tutor Rathy Trapper, and then I'm going to rebel tutor Deep Cavern Zombie, and then I'm going to discard a madness card to its echo cost. And uh, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm on Cadaver Imp to, to do the recursion plan. Um, there's a handful of other bodies in here that will be effective bodies while also doing card draw stuff. Crypt Lurker, I think, is really cool. I don't know if it's good, but I, it's something that I really like. It's a 4-mana 3-4. When it enters, you can sacrifice a creature or discard a creature card to draw. Mm-hmm. I think it's sort of like underrated. I have... Yeah, I've always had my eye on this one, too. I, I agree with you. Yeah. It's just not big and splashy. You know, it doesn't have, right. like, any evasion, really, or whatever. But it's it's a very, I almost said valuable card. But it's like it's got a lot of synergy, a lot of value. Like, Yeah. It's, I do like it. Yeah. I, I want to be putting it into more of my... It's hard to find a cut for it, because it does seem very... Like, when you're looking at it, like, all the pieces seem very mid. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I think it definitely is homes in certain decks, and I want to I want to find it those homes. Yeah, that's uh that's the whole not running out of gas plan. There's a couple other stuff. Yeah, and you get um you're running crushing disappointment. That's one of my favorite oh, yeah. black draw cards. Crushing card disappointment and vampire's kiss. Yeah, I decided that I wasn't I don't have a lot of aggression in here, so like if I'm gonna try to turn this into winning an actual game. I can I can either try and put a big aura onto one of these flying imps, something sure. like sadistic glee or eternal thirst, and just try to make the imp huge. Yeah, I think it's f- or or I mean, there's always troll of Gazadoom and Gloomfang Mauler. Um, naturally, yep. naturally. But I think the far more likely maneuver for me ending games is going to be doing a life drain thing. And so there's a lot of cards that support that. Um, things like. Evan Carr's Justice, Costa Hound, Crushing Disappointment is my favorite of them. Soul Cage Fiend, Vampire's Kiss. Vampire's Kiss also supports the Madness Plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, just ways to drain out the table. Yeah, and I like that you've, you know, pals aside or sniff aside, like, I, I like that you included the initiative into the deck. Yeah. Like, it's seems like well duh you know put the initiative in a deck but i don't know it just feels different in this deck particular 
Yeah, that in makes the, sense. In like, the it feels like it's doing something different in this deck than in normal decks. Yeah, in the deck that's forcing everyone to attack all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that was a clever include. I like that quite a bit. Yeah, I think... Yeah, and Call, Call to the Netherworld is really good. Uh, it's so underrated. But maybe yeah. it's not underrated. Maybe it's Maybe everyone knows exactly how powerful it is, and I just think it's underrated because no one plays as much Madness as I do. That could be. That could be. I don't even play much Madness, but I do love me a good Madness card, and that is it. This is the one. Madness, zero. Say no right. more. I don't even care what it is. <laughs> Sign <it's>, me up. <laughs> I mean, it's in the deck. It's yep. free. It's literally free real estate. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and then you, I'd like that you have you know a Sacrifice Outlet and Gibbering Barricade draws you a card, mm-hmm. sacks you mm-hmm. a creature, which means puts it in the graveyard to get it back later. Like, There's a lot of little synergies here, like the... The little uh, spiel you went on with your rebels, like that's that was like a multi-tier, like a yeah. pyramid scheme sort of that's like synergy pyramid. There, it was such awesome. a such a weird deep cut. Yeah, <laughs> that like I've got <laughs> that I've got two rebels, both of which are really like on point for the deck and synergize mm-hmm. with what the deck's trying to do. And we have a rebel tutor in black to go get both of them. Like, yeah, just just a big pile of weird nonsense. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's. Pretty pretty neat. All right. Pillar four for the clone. Not run out of gas. The short answer is I'm playing mono blue. That's it. Mm, <laughs> the medium size answer is I'm playing clone with Maldrifter. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, ha long... yeah, seems fine. Yeah, fair seems fair. Balanced. Uh the longer actual answer for the uh professional podcast answer is basically sort of Similar or like what I said earlier, I just when I wasn't putting in cards to actively try to end the game, whether it was combat tricks or giant creatures that I can copy, unblockable creatures, I was trying to put in just value cards like Ninja of the Deep Hour, even if it's incremental value, Moon Circuit Hacker, that sort of thing. Academy Wall is this card that I've always kind of been on, but just as of late, I've totally fallen in love with it. It's the uh, three mana from... Dominary United, it's an 05 wall, but when you cast an instant or sorcery, you may draw a card. If you do discard a card, it only triggers once each turn, which still can be like four times before it gets back around to you. But the card comes in handy so often, and it, you know, it's a five butt, puts so it's work. not going anywhere. Yeah, it puts in so much work. And, you know, that plays into, not to get on like tangent about other decks, but, you know, if your deck cares about the graveyard or madness, you know, it plays into that synergy. If you just want to cast spells, it plays into that synergy. Like, there's so many things going for this card. It's it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. So aside from that, you know, I've got the what you would expect in mono blue. I've got your Behold the Multiverse and your um, Deep Analysis. I took a little bit of inspiration from Derek's Mischievous Cat Geist list. I have Last Thoughts in here. It's the four mana draw card Cypher. Because I'm assuming that, you know, with my... with um. If my clone can copy an unblockable creature or I have an unblockable creature on board, like I can cipher last thoughts and just draw another card. I have ah. Lorian revealed. I don't know if I, how much I actually plan on casting that, but even if I island cycle it, I've got Archaeomancer. Duh. I can get it back later to cast it. You know, preordain the um, just your basic run of the mill blue stuff to keep your hand full. Uh, Candlekeep Sage, obviously, is in this deck. There's nothing wrong with that goggles of night is one of one of my favorite it's probably top eight favorite 
equipments in the entire format. It's so valuable. Like you just when you play against it, you know, your opponent's like, oh, I cast the goggles a night. You're like, okay, thanks for wasting your turn. But then like eight turns later and they've just drawn a million cards off of it and then a million good cards because they got the scry as well as draw. Like it's so much value for such a little bit of investment. I have a question for you. Yes. If you're on Mole Drifter and also Clone and also Candlekeep, are you running the Flickers? I am. I am running... Let's just go down the line here. Uh, Displace, Ghostly Flicker, Planar Incision, Siren's Ruse, Time Twist. Yes. I those. see I see Blur as well. Oh, Blur. Yep, I completely missed that one. Yep. I just remembered 10 seconds ago that your list is in the show notes and I can look at it as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like, I, I love the idea of evoking a mole drifter and then blurring it. Yeah, bl- yeah. <laughs> or and even then copying. I mean, if you're desperate, you could you could evoke the mole drifter and then ghostly flicker the mole drifter and the clone. Right. Like just casually draw six, no big deal. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, it's fine. It's just I'm just doing. I'm just. Just it's doing, not even affecting the board. I'm just drawing, drawing, drawing mono cards. Blue stuff. Don't worry about it. Yeah, just doing it's mono fine. blue stuff. So, and that's pretty much the plan. Um, just trying to look through to see what other kind of uh, cards I had in here to keep the tank full. But there's not a ton. Just you know, I put in, you know, for the uh, the white border love of clone. I put in unsummon and unstable mutation. Uh, Those are yeah, pillar, they're not pillar four, but you know they're good cards. So. Clone loves a plus three, plus three, and then if it's about to die, I just flicker it. It's no problem. Don't worry about it. I do uh, love unstable yeah. mutation. And also, too, you know, gas can come in the form of, like we talked about earlier, murmuring mystic. Like, if I'm just going to be cranking out double the 1-1 one, one bluebird illusion creature tokens every turn because I've copied it with my clone, like, that's fine, too. That'll keep that'll keep fuel in the tank. I'm okay with that. Uh, um, I actually meant, I think when I was typing this deck list out, I actually meant to put... a the uh, Ophidian Eyes, the enchantment, not the creature, but I'll deal with the creature too. That's fine. The Ophidian? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, tandem Lookouts in here. I'm not married to that one in this deck, but you know it's probably fine. Uh, I have... This probably should have went in Pillar 3, but with all the uh, combat tricks I have in the deck, you know, not, not a million of them, but I have a decent amount of combat tricks and flickers. I also put in... Um, two mono blue heroic creatures i put in warwing siren which gets a plus one plus one counter when you target it you know with heroic it has flying it's a one three and then i've also put in wave crash titan which uh taps a creature and it doesn't un- untap during its controller's next untap every time you target it with a creature you know i'm not going to be tapping down the entire board or the entire table every time i cast a spell but you know if i can tap down one or two big blockers when i cast a resculpt or not resculpt when i cast a uh Polymore for Phantasmal Form or something like that, targeting the Wave Crash Titan. Like, that's just extra damage I'm getting in for pretty much nothing. So, I'm a big fan of that. I do have the Ezir Fleet Admiral in here for the Monarchy. Uh, I wasn't sure how how hardcore I wanted to go on the mo- Monarchy or Initiative, so I just added the one. I, I, I could definitely be talked into um, any of the other ones, too. I put in Aarakocra Sneak because I just... I'm playing blue, and it's one of my favorite creatures. Initiative, it's a 1-4 flyer. Like, nothing's getting through that in the air. So, it's big a, fan, big fan. It's a really great card to have in your deck when your commander is cloned and you're running a bunch of flickers. 
I see That's... you've figured out my secret. <laughs> I, I bind your plan. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I got security bypass. It's just I, every time I play with security bypass, I'm like, oh, this really isn't that great. So I end up taking it out. But every time I build a new I blue deck, I put it in there. So I, I think it's we'll see. I think it's really mid. That might be it. Maybe I'm just expecting too much from it. I think maybe. Uh, what else I got in here? Oh yeah, startling developments. Another um, co combat trick that cycles, just randomly cycles for one if you don't need it. I love just stuff like that. I love the idea of having this like clone as a copy of Warwing Siren, and then <laughs> this becoming a Voltron Commander damage deck because you keep on casting the Serpentine Ambush. And yeah, startling water wings and behind and the mask, Zofarin shaped craft, and yeah, <laughs> just to make this guy huge and like just stack up these counters on it. Mm -hmm. And then, like, you know, if, if someone mercs the clone, you're like, that's fine, I'll recast the clone, and this time it's a copy of your Mardu Rough Rider, and I'll right beat you to death <laughs> with still, still doing the same commander damage. This actually seems super fun. Yeah, and that's kind of what I was thinking too when I was putting it together. Like, yeah, the funny, the fun idea is to just clone everybody's commanders and like have this big brawl or whatever, you know, get all their cool ETBs and stuff that works with their decks or what have you. But then too, it's like kind of like what you said clone is very, it ended up in this particular build, ended up being very toolboxy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like most of my creatures, you know, I only have 27, but most of them have some sort of ETB that either puts cards in my hand or, you know, puts whatever, like, affects the board somehow. And that's what I like about it. Like, if I need a second Frost Trickster for some reason, I can get that. If I need a second Library Larcenist to draw another card during combat, I can do that. Mm -hmm. If I need to just beat down, like you mentioned, I've got a second copy of Brine Fang. Like, everyone, so you know... so thick. Oh, so thick, so thick. It's a 6-7 with Ward 3. Like, come on. That's such, ridiculous. Such beef. Yeah, such beef. You know, and a lot of times you hear people say that, like, oh, yeah, I run Demir Houseguard because it's basically a second copy of Pestilence in my deck. Or I run the Transmute cards because they're a second copy of XYZ. Well, I've basically, I mean, got that in my command zone. If I want a second yep. copy of any of my creatures, I've I've got it in the command zone or I've bounced it back to my hand to save on the commander text. Yeah. Is it, like, being able to, you know, bounce the clone and recast the clone to get new ETBs is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, like, in my head, that's how it's going to play out. Like, it'll stay on the board long enough to attack one time, and then I'll bounce it or flicker it or whatever, and it'll be something else, and then it'll attack once, and then I'll bounce it or flicker it. Like, I want to do as much copying as possible with this thing. I love that. Yeah, this seems pretty fun. But other than that, yeah, it's really just, really just tempo and trying to draw I have the problem sometimes when I build mono blue or when I theorize mono blue that I'm just like how can I draw my entire deck like that's all I want to do is draw a card so I tried to like rein in that that desire with this one um, I did end up putting in a lot of card draw obviously because I need it but it wasn't like the um, the identity of the deck if you will like it's in mono blue and I've only got a quarter of my deck says draw a card. Like that's a lot. That's probably more than your normal deck, but it's not like that's all I was trying to do. I think you should add suit up. 
It's like is, a, which one is that? It's like another copy of Serpentine Ambush, but also it draws you a card. Oh, it's yeah, Neon Dynasty four five draws a card. Yes, that'll go. Like, uh, it's then the sideboard. It's like a bad Zelfirian shapecraft. <laughs> just, just yeah, I like it, the shapecraft. I've been playing shape, that one quite a bit lately. Shapecraft is outstanding. Yeah, two, two mana. Two mana for a 4-3 draw card. Suit up is yep. three mana for 4-5 draw card. Right. Which yep. I think is worse. On Yeah, it's just it's much worse, but it's still cool. Yeah, with what you're trying to do, that's actively worse, but it's still worth considering. And then for my land base, I wasn't sure exactly what to do. I never know what to do with a monocolored deck. So I have like desert in here. Just, I guess, to protect I, me for some reason. I have Desert in the Nettling deck. Yeah. Um, Hidden Cataract, Lonely Sandbar, Mystic Sanctuary, Skyline Cascade will tap a creature, Surgical Bay, Dig Site, and then just a bunch of islands. Like, I thought about really loading up on cycling and or um, sacrifice lands and then doing, like, a Scare Tiller thing, but I wasn't sure about that, so... We'll just have to play it and see if that's something I want to put in here. I think it would totally work. I don't see any reason why it wouldn't work, but that's just not where I ended up going on this first draft here. But it's it's overall, always a, I think go it's ahead. always a decision you have to make because like if you get that engine online and you have the scare tiller and it's attacking every turn and you have one of these capetta fetches in your grave, like the mana you get from that is catastrophic. But if you get the scare tiller and you don't get those lands then you need to be on a really heavy self-mill strategy in order to utilize the Scare Tiller. In order to get them in there, yeah. Yeah, and if you get those lands without the Scare Tiller, then they're just tapped islands. So, like, yeah. you have to be... You have to really, like... it's There's there's definitely trade-offs for it. I've been yeah. I've been not including it in a lot of my monocolor decks. Like, I, I included it in this deck because I wanted to do the, the complete iHeart Sniff package. Which oh, is sure, the Scare Tiller sure, sure. and the Howling Golem and the Duodrone and everything else. Right. But, uh. Yeah, I think it was in the original draft of this clone deck just because I was like, oh, I could have two Scare Tillers. And, like, that was hilarious in my head. Two Scare Tillers. <laughs> but <laughs> as I worked it out, I just, I just sort of took it out. I cut down some of the utility lands or, you know, cycling lands or what have mm -hmm. you. So we'll see, though. If it's something I end up wanting, I don't see why I couldn't fit it in here. Um, yeah, and then really just like, um, I guess this is probably Pillar 3 too, but I have a couple other combat tricks, like Distortion Strike seems good here. Uh, stealth stealth mission. mission. Yeah, stuff like that. So we'll see. And then I never, back on the um, monocolored deck thing, and I put in Sisse's Ring. Is that something that you put in a lot of monocolored decks? The ones that are really top-heavy, yeah. Yeah, if you're worried about, yeah, if you're worried about not having enough mana. If I if I want to reliably cast a Marauding Brine Fang, then yes. Right. Is you think I should do both Ring and the Eye, or just you think the Ring's probably fine? Uh, I would get your land count above thirty four before I added both of them. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. It was like, just there were so many spells. I was like, oh, this is so fun. I just I was like, oh wait, there's only room for. 34 lands. <laughs> <laughs> the struggle is real. I mean, and that's, I that's probably fine because you're because you are on the Brine Fang and the and the, the octopus and the the Lorien revealed. So like you don't need the land count to be enormous. But like if you want 
if if you're the kind of deck that wants to get to the big mana zones and 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 be running the the eyes and the the rings, then you should probably be on thirty five lands. Yeah, like I got two seven drops and a six drop. Like that's a lot. Yeah, I mean, if so. if, if you want to, like all all of the really top heavy stuff, mm-hmm. you can use for two mana. Right, True. like the the either it either island cycles or it's you know the 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 sword coast kid just you know if that's the in your hand and wave, you're stuck yeah. on stuck on four lands you still get the adventure out of it yeah so like nothing nothing catastrophic is gonna happen if you don't hit the lands but I mean even at that like you're the kind of deck that wants to be doing a lot of different things each turn mm-hmm. so like yeah I think yeah if if you want to be like casting a spell. If you want to be doing the combat trick and then bouncing the clone and then recasting the clone, then, then yeah, you probably do want to be on like thirty-five lands and both the ring and the eye. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I was just thinking about my my top end creatures and having to class cast the clone a lot. I never really thought about casting the clone, combat trick, flicker, like all in the same turn. Like that's very expensive. Yeah. And okay. like you, good to you, know, good to know. You probably, you probably have enough draw spells that like you mm-hmm. can be reliably hitting your land drop. Like thirty-five is probably enough lands that you're gonna reliably hit land drop number seven, eight, nine on yeah. turn seven, eight, nine, just because you're gonna be drawing so much. So many cards. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because like, like I said, I have twenty-five percent of my deck says draw a card on it, but yeah. a lot, you know, a good amount of those are repeatable. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Like so. the ninjas. Yeah. The ninjas, the candle keeps age, yeah. security bypass, even like that doesn't even say draw. Well, I guess it says draw, but yeah. I so would, I don't know. That's pretty cool. Would cut security bypass for a land. I, that's probably where I'll end up going. That's what I was saying a minute ago. I put it in almost every deck I build that has blue in it. I put this card in, and within the first two or three games, I end up. This is one of my first cuts <laughs> every time. Even when the, I've even put it in Voltron esque type decks where the creature probably is attacking alone, and it still just doesn't feel great. Yeah. So I think I think the card that you, the security bypass wishes it was aqueous form. Yeah, that like is a you, good one. If you if you like want to do blue auras that blue combat auras combat and top deck auras aqueous form is the goat yeah security bypass uh dreams of one day being half as powerful as aqueous yeah it's just it's got more text on it so it reads like it should be better but i mean aqueous form is a single blue it can't be blocked and it scries when it attacks yep uh okay aqueous (laughs) totally fine the best cut yeah it's so good yeah i remember remember beginning playing and it's just like wow this cut's unbeatable yeah, it, yep. it, yeah, it felt like that back in the day, and some like I've lost current, like recently lost to creatures that had that were equipped with oh, that. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, uh-huh. I, I can't do anything. <laughs> so I, I did think about that card. I did think about those for this deck, similar, maybe not aqueous form specifically, but then like it got a little awkward with all my flickers. I'm like, eh, I don't know if I want to do in auras and flickers sort of thing, you know, but. I could definitely see making room for aqueous form at least. Like that's just that's just good. Like the brine thing is huge. It's got ward, but it doesn't really have evasion specifically. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, I could see putting in something like that. Uh, I, I guess that's really about it. I mean, I probably just talked for like 15 minutes on my pillar four, how to not run out of gas, but uh, really there's just a lot of options. Like I think when I was putting this deck together, there's a surprising amount of ways that you can take a clone deck. You know, when we picked yeah. this topic and I was like, you know, Liam picked his commander. You're like, Oh, I, you know, dibs on the imp or whatever. I'm like, okay. You know, I went through Scryfall and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll just do clone fine it's a flicker deck and that's all i'm gonna do and it's gonna be a meme meme worthy i'm not even gonna put it together in paper i probably won't play it at all yada yada but then once i started actually digging in to the deck and to the creatures and to the cards i was like wow you can really kind of do anything you want with a clone deck because the clone is anything you want it to be basically mm -hmm. so i like that and i don't know why i've never landed on this as a creature before but or as a commander before but I don't know. It's pretty cool. I don't know if I'll build it in paper, but I wouldn't mind playing it via Moxfield on somebody's stream one time just to kind of see how it does. For sure. For sure. So. All right. All right. Uh, did you? Are you going to build your imp deck or is this just something that you're going to leave on the Internet forever? Uh, I might. Like, it seems bad, but it seems bad in a way that's pretty entertaining. Which is that is a perfect way to put it. Where yeah. I live, so <laughs> um, yeah, it's highly entertaining. Yeah, I'm gonna. It has been a minute since I built a deck, and I'm kind of getting that itch. And I, yeah. I, it's gonna, it's probably either gonna be the imp or something, one of the new cards from uh, MKM. So I need to. Oh, I'm nice. Yeah. I'm gonna stare at the imp list, and then I'm gonna stare at the um, portal mage list. Mm-hmm. Sure decide which one of those we're going with you know and i don't have a mono blue deck in my collection so maybe clone is the winner hmm. i would oh I would love to see your clone deck do things i would too oh like it seems so much fun um i know that all of our commanders were printed before yargle was ever thought of but do we have one for this week i i don't think there is one i don't, like, I don't think really think there is one either that. yeah just based on the the where we had to pick from like yeah. there's nothing super crazy and it's not like we picked archetypes you know what i mean so mm -hmm. that's usually where the the yargle comes from is like you took this particular this specific archetype in a completely different direction than anybody was expecting so what about you liam are you going to build you a vampire deck Probably not. Interested in? Do you like this style of deck? Like, uh, it's what, fine. It's... How did you end up on the Singer Vampire? Well, uh, like I said earlier, the method in which I picked my commando was I looked at the overlap between uh, ABU and M15. Yeah. And so when it came down to it, it was Singer Vampire or Juggernaut, and I'm like, well, I could just replace <laughs> Ornithopter with Juggernaut. And then I th started thinking about, it. I was like, well, I sh why am I not running Juggernaut in my Ornithopter deck? So that was a whole different tangent. Um, but I was like, okay, so Sengir Vampire it is. Like, that's that's what I'm going to build. Um, okay. How did yeah, I get I to... I remember you saying that now. I couldn't remember if you said it just on the pre-show or early in the yeah. episode. How did I get to this style of deck? Uh, I didn't want to build another Voltron deck. So it kind of... Yeah, that's fair. Especially another mono black one. Right. So it kind of just left it to mono black control, which is fine. 
Sure. Yeah, yeah. I love a good mono black control deck. Oh, you got a cranial plating in there. I didn't even see that. Yeah. That's spicy. How have you liked, not to go too far on a tangent, have you played, have either of you played with Infernal Idol very much? I like it a lot. I like it a I, ton. I have a handful of copies, and I think I have a couple of copies in decks. I just never, I haven't seemed to play it very much, so I just don't know how it actually plays out. It looks cool. Like, I remember being excited about it when I, when it was spoiled and when, when I bought them and everything, but I just wasn't sure how it actually played out. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it plays, it, it kind of fills the same niche as Commander Sphere, where most of the time it's just ramp, but then sometimes when you need it to be more than ramp, it'll give you cards. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's right in between Commander Sphere and Lockets. Oh, it's that cheap, is a really good spot cheap, for it. Yeah. Cheaper than the Lockets, because Lockets, like, paying the cost on those Lockets, like, the, the two, the, getting two cards out of it's great, but, like, paying the cost on it is always backbreaking. It's oh, just a so little four, cheaper. Four mana, yeah. Yeah, just just that little bit cheaper makes it a, a much better, I think. Yeah, and you look at it and you're like, oh, it, you know, you got to pay two black, like that's mana intensive. But like by the time you're cracking this to draw cards, it's pretty semi late in the game, and mana is probably not an issue. Yeah, typically. So, no, I, th I think it's. I, I still like it. I just for some reason have not cast very many of them, so I didn't know if it actually played out as cool as it reads, or is it a trap? No, I don't think it's a trap. I think it's pretty good. Cool. All right. I think that's about it. Did you guys have anything you wanted to add to your uh, conversation about your lists before we get on out of here? Mm, no, I think... I think, I think we've pretty well covered it. Mentioned yeah, I think so. Our name. I probably... All of the stupid cards that do stupid things. <laughs> yeah, we, I think... Did we Ooh, talk about Midnight Charm? No, no, especially I not in the context about. of your deck. One black mana instant. Choose one. It deals one damage to target creature, and you gain one life. Or target creature gains first strike until end of turn. Or or tap target creature. <laughs> Beautiful. That's pretty Te good for us. black mana instant. <laughs> terrible, terrible card. But it's but it's modal. It's modal. <laughs> You know, and I forgot what, what card we're talking Oh, Macabre Waltz. When I was like, oh, you know, you know, it's probably one of those cards where you read the first half sentence. You're like, oh, okay, it's just another recursion spell. And you don't really read the rest. I swear to God, Stabbing Pain, I never knew it tapped a creature. Yeah. I Stab always just target creature gets minus one, minus one. Okay, I'm done. Like, <laughs> tap never realized that. Yeah. yeah no, tap like, it. Uh, the cards in this deck are so bad. That's I'm trying, trying so hard to get value out of this dumb imp. But you're squeezing it, man. You're squeezing I'm the juice squeezing out of that stone. It. It's hilarious. We'll get blood from this stone one way or another. That's right. All right. Well, cool. Actually made for a little bit of a shorter episode this week. we got a few more things to go over before we get out of here. Uh, as usual, if you need more Popper Commander talk or you have any questions about the format, you can follow us on Instagram at the PDH Pod. We're also just the PDH Pod on X slash Twitter as well. You can email us at the PDH Pod at gmail.com or you can head on over to the PDH Homebase's website. You'll find just about everybody in the Popper Commander community over there. Uh, you can chat with them, find games, all that good stuff. 
You can find Liam and I on X slash Twitter at Popper Command and Popper underscore B. And you can, uh, as always, you can find Dave as the Alcadron pretty much everywhere else PDH is being talked about. And all the links for all that stuff will be down in the show details. And I think we want to talk about a couple tournaments, tournaments real quick before we get out of here. Is that right, Liam? Yeah, absolutely. So this weekend, as in like three days from now and less than 24 hours from when you're hearing this, uh, there is yeah. a, the second Common Cause tournament is happening. It is CPDH. Uh, it's 11 a.m. on Saturday, the 10th of February. Uh, there is a first place prize. I think there are additional prizes based on uh, the number of people playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, all proceeds that aren't prizes are going to be donated to Project Hope. Uh, generally good time. It is PDH. Uh, and then next month... On another Saturday, March 16th at 1 p.m. Eastern, not 11 a.m., but 1 p.m., <laughs> uh, there was another CPDH tournament uh, with more cash prizes, uh, more info to be found on Twitter at SanctuaryPDH and SanctuaryPDH.com. Yeah, right on. Yeah, uh, yeah. by the time this hits the uh, this show hits the airwaves, you'll have about 20 hours to get signed up for the Common Cause. But I think last, last I heard, Chris said he had about three rounds worth of players already signed up so that should be a good time and if you can't make it i'm sure it'll be streamed um on twitch somewhere but yeah do try to make it it should be a good time so far everyone i've seen that signed up are like really good members of the community they usually play interesting decks and uh should just be a good time overall i'm really mad that i can't make it like this this weekend is a big weekend for my family in terms of like hanging out like it's mm-hmm. we got so the the my my wife's birthday is two days after Valentine's Day. So oh yeah yeah, the, yeah. The, that the weekend after Valentine's Day is like for birthday stuff, which means that if we want to do romantic stuff for Valentine's Day, it's got to be this weekend. So I uh, Chris, next time you do one of these common cause tournaments, if it's further away from my wife's birthday, I'll come to that <laughs> one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm still. Not 100% sure if I'm going to make it to the common cause one. I need to figure out. We, As a family, we a couple months ago, not even months ago, like six weeks ago, we had plans for this Saturday. And then like five weeks ago, we didn't have plans for this Saturday. And then like three and a half weeks ago, we sort of had plans for this Saturday. So I need to see like where we are on that. But if we're not doing anything, I would absolutely love to, to sign up and play. It'd be a good time. But yeah, I think that's going to wrap up episode 86 of the PDH pod. But as usual, we got to give a big thanks to MTG Brad for letting us use their original music for the show. And from everyone in here to everyone out there, brew a deck, play some PDH, and we'll see you in about a week. Peace. Cheers. See ya. I brought pop the text at the party. Text at the party.